Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships, so we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Today, I'm excited because we're kicking off a new series we've entitled Scent, and we're going to be working through the book of Acts. Some of your books, uh, some of your Bibles, if you open them up to the book of Acts, it might actually say the Acts of the Apostles. And the reason for that is we spent the last several uh, weeks in that Acts 2 church looking at Acts 2. And so we're going to move on. So if you would grab your Bibles, head over to Acts chapter 3 today. Please uh, head there. We're going to be covering a story out of Acts 3 that I think is very relevant for us today. I hope that we'll be able to draw out some great truths for us. I hope it's challenging for each and every one of us this morning. Before I get into this message, I want to remind you of our Ask Anything program as well. If you'll take some time to text your questions to the phone number at the bottom of the screen, it would be great to hear from you. We want to get your questions, and we'll respond with a text to answer any questions that you might have. So as we get going today, let me just ask you a question. Have you ever prayed fervently for something, like something you really, really wanted, And God gave you something you needed instead of what you wanted. Have you ever had that happen? Like that you just knew exactly what needed to happen, what you wanted, you wanted to see it, whether it was a circumstance or an item, a thing, and you prayed for it, and instead, God gave you what you needed. I have a friend who struggled with some back issues. He actually injured his back early on in life, and it was just kind of a chronic back issue that he was dealing with. And uh, we began to pray. Uh, You know, he got to a place where things were really getting bad, and, and we began to pray that God would actually heal his back, like something miraculous would happen, and his back would be completely healed. And you know what happened? God answered our prayer. But he didn't answer it the way we thought he was going to answer it. And actually, here's what happened. His back got worse and much worse. It seemed like the more we prayed, the harder we prayed, the worse his back got. And he went into the doctor to have have him uh, take a look at it. He got some tests run, and they found out it was actually cancer. And they ended up going through treatment. They caught it early. They were able to take care of the cancer. And he he moved through that, and he's been cancer-free since. And what's amazing to me is that God didn't give us what we wanted, but God gave him what he needed. Even though we might not know exactly what we need, God does. And he provides for us sometimes, even instead of giving us what we want. And so today, I think this story actually paints a picture of a, a lame man who thought he knew what he wanted, but God instead was going to give him what he needed. Take a look at this. It's in Acts chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1. And what I want to do is I want to read through this story today, and I want to stop. We're just going to push the pause button every once in a while, and we're going to share some observations about this chapter, about what's going on in this chapter. And I'm going to keep asking the question, you know, what does this mean for us here and now? And what are we supposed to take 
out of this story and apply to our lives. And so let's take a look at this. Starting in verse 1, it says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Now, if you go back and you look at the early Jewish culture, if you were a good Jew, you would, you would stop three times a day to pray. The first one would actually be at 9 o'clock in the morning. All Jews, they would stop and they would pray. And if they were close to the temple, they would go to the temple. Because as Jews, you want, uh, back in the first century, you want people to know that you were a good Jew. And so you would go to the temple to be part of that whole scene so that they would know that you were a good Jew, that you were actually observing those prayers at that time. So you would do it at 9 o'clock. And then the next one came at 3 o'clock. And then the last one of the day happened at sundown as the sun was going down. And so we find here Peter and John were actually going to the temple and they were headed there because three o'clock is a prayer time and, and they're good Jews and so they want to make sure that they're observing those laws. And so they're headed there. And this is shortly after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so they're continuing to observe those laws. They're headed there to pray. And in verse two it says, as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. Now this gate's called the beautiful gate. It's a grand entrance that goes directly into the temple. And what I, I find fascinating about this is this is one of the favorite entrances for most of the people who are going in for worship or for prayer services. And so giving money to a beggar was considered praiseworthy in the Jewish culture. And, and this, this lame man who can't take care of himself, he, he can't raise money for himself, he has to rely on the generosity of other people, is actually very wise because he has people set him by one of the main entrances to the temple so that these pious people coming in for worship would see him and they would actually give him charity so that he could continue to eat and go on with life. It says in verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Now let me ask you a question. If you were the lame man sitting at the gate, you've been coming there since your birth pretty much, and you've been relying on the generosity of other people and you're looking for some money, and they say they don't have any gold and silver, but what I have, I will give you, uh, give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth. Get up and walk. What would you say? I know for me, I would probably think that they're crazy. Like, you know, move along. I'm, I'm waiting for the, the rich guy behind you to come along because I need to eat tonight. I, I probably wouldn't take them very seriously in this moment. But yet this lame man is lying there by the gate. And like I said, we're reading this passage that he's been there since birth. He's been lame. So this has been his life. And here he is looking for some money. That's all he's looking for. He's not looking for anything more than that because that's all he's received. He's, he's not expecting this. And yet in this moment, God has a bigger plan for him. 
See, I think that we often ask God to solve these small problems in our lives when in reality, God wants to give us something better. He wants to give us a new life. He wants to solve bigger problems in our lives, but yet we just ask him for the small things. And notice that Peter and John, they were just going about their day. Like they weren't, they weren't planning on this happening that day. They, they weren't looking for some grand miracle that day. They were just going in for the three o'clock prayer. They were just going about their day. This would be similar to you at work just going to the break room, you know, or just going about your life, going to the grocery store, or going to visit a friend. Not thinking in the middle of this that you were going to see God do something miraculous, but that's exactly the way God works. So many times God asks us to do things that are beyond our comprehension, and they may sound ridiculous at the time, but God wants to use us to bring glory and honor to his name. But are we paying attention? Are we actually looking for God to move and work in and through us, even in the monotony of our day, even in the average things of life? Are we really looking for God? And do we believe that he can actually do something and wants to do something through his people? It makes a big difference when we go through our daily routine looking for God to show up. I wonder if that's something we should start doing. See, we're 22 weeks into this COVID crisis right now. We're kind of getting into a routine, and and some of us, let's be honest, we're bored with some of it. We want to get on with life, and yet we can't. Maybe God is waiting for us to recognize that he wants to do something miraculous in and through us. Can we approach tomorrow that way? Can we uh, go to work and and look for God to show up in a big way. Maybe it's in a conversation or in a deed. Can we go to the grocery store looking for a divine appointment? Maybe we should be people on mission every moment of every day. Peter and John, again, they were just headed in for a three o'clock prayer, and God calls them to do something absolutely incredible for his namesake. It goes on in verse 7 to say, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Remember, he's been lame his entire life. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astonished. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. I love this scene because this man is healed. He walks for the first time in his life. We're we're told that he's been lame since birth. And so this is the first time he's on his feet. And not only is this guy walking, But he's dancing, like he's celebrating, he's praising God with this new gift that God has given him. He was just looking for money, and God gives him the ability to walk and dance, and and he is praising him for that. And I love this last line. It says that he's holding tightly to Peter and John. Wouldn't you do the same thing? 
I mean, I, I don't have any silver, I don't have any gold, but what I do have, I'll give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. And this guy dances. You'd hang on to him for a while, wouldn't you? You would want to hang out with him. You wouldn't want to let them leave your sight. This guy's staying with him. And I love the fact that they say, in the name of Jesus, because in this moment, what we're finding out is that Peter and John are doing this not under their own power, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, in what Jesus did on the cross and in the empty tomb. It's through Jesus Christ that this miracle happens, not through Peter and not through John. And this is why they, they call out on the name of Jesus. They want everyone to know this was not them. This was Jesus. I, I love the way verse 12 starts. It says, Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. He saw his opportunity and he addressed the crowd. Why? Because all these people had come in. They, they wanted to know what was going on. And he begins to speak out. I wonder sometimes, do we miss opportunities? Because we don't recognize them. We don't see them for what they are. It's a friend asking a question who really needs to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a friend who desperately needs prayer. And we miss the opportunity because we don't recognize it. I wonder if we need to be a little bit more in tune with the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's a prayer that we have this week. God, please make me aware. Help me recognize the opportunity when I need to speak up for your name's sake. Why does God give us what we need and not what we want? As we continue in verse 12, I think we get the answer to this question. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant, Jesus, by doing this. Why was this man given the ability to walk? Why wasn't he, he just given money? Why? Because it says here that he was given his ability to walk so that Jesus might get the glory. Jesus was given the glory for this man being healed. It wasn't Peter and it wasn't John. And, and they were right not to take credit for that, but to make sure that they point people to Jesus because of this miracle. It was to bring glory and honor to God. That's ultimately why all these miracles happen, why we do see things like this in our own lives, is to bring glory and honor to God. Now, as we were talking about this as pastors, Mike had an interesting statement. Because Jesus had walked into the same temple many times. Being a good Jew, uh, as we talked about, there's three different times for prayer. There's the Passover. There's all these things that happen at the temple. This man has been laid at the gate beautiful his whole life. So you could make a strong argument that Jesus, being a good Jew, would have walked by this very man many times in his lifetime. Why didn't Jesus heal him then? Maybe one of the trips that, that Jesus was walking into the temple, he actually maybe had given this man some money, but didn't give him the ability to walk, didn't heal him in the moment. He saw his need. See, I think the reason for that is because Jesus knew that someday he would receive his ability to walk. But in that moment, it would be to bring glory and honor to God. It wasn't the right time yet. I wonder if one of the times Jesus walking in, 
and this isn't in scripture, this is just allowing my sanctified imagination to run wild here for a minute. I wonder if Jesus looked at the man and, and maybe they made, made eye contact. And I wonder if Jesus just kind of smiled, thinking to himself, someday, someday you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna get the ability to walk. Someday you're gonna be blown away. Like you're not gonna believe what God is gonna do for you someday. I wonder if he does that for us in the midst of our struggles, our addictions. I wonder if even in this moment when we're not receiving what we want, Jesus knows what we need. And I wonder sometimes if he doesn't look at us in our life and go, wait till you see what God's got in store for you. Someday he's going to do something miraculous. But in that moment, it's not going to be just for you, but it's going to be to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ. It's going to be to glorify God. This passage continues in verse 13. It says, This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. Now, if you don't know the story... This is when Jesus was being tried. Pilate brought him out and he gave the people an opportunity. He gave them a choice. He says, I find no fault in this man, but you know, what, what do you want me to do with him? And he was trying to make sure that he kept the peace. So he gave them the choice. Do you want Jesus released or do you want this murderer Barabbas released? And they begin to chant for Barabbas. And instead, Jesus was crucified. Peter's reminding them of that moment. He goes on, You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses to this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. I love this statement. Because we find out in this moment why maybe Jesus passed by him and didn't heal him when he was still walking the earth. Why he left it for this moment. It's because he wanted them to know that he was alive. That he went to the cross, he died, he rose again, and his spirit dwells within his people. That his power to heal is still alive and well. And we see this in this man. And Peter says, look, you know how crippled he was. You've seen him set outside your gate his whole life. And yet in this moment, the same man that you crucified is the man who's healed him. Verses 17 through 25, Peter actually gives them a history lesson. He goes on to explain all the times that they've rejected God, all the times that they rejected Jesus and how they have not followed him and they've not believed in him. And yet Jesus still loved them and offered salvation to them. And then the entire chapter ends with verse 26, which says, When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Now we go on to read about how the gospel expands beyond just the Jews. It goes on beyond Israel. It's opened up to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles is just a word that that means any person outside the Jewish faith, which is great news because we're outside. And yet the gospel of Jesus Christ still extends to us. And that's, that's great news for us. 
And it's because of the Jewish people continually rejecting God and his plan. And even in this moment, we still see where we have a whole group of people on this earth who are still waiting for the Messiah. What Peter was talking about in this passage to those Jews in the first century is still going on today. There are a lot of people who have rejected Jesus as the Son of God, as the Messiah, as the Savior, and they're still waiting. But yet Jesus is the one. He's the one that came. He was sent by his Father in heaven, and he died on the cross for your sins and for mine. He was put in a grave, and three days later he rose again so that not only would we have forgiveness of sins, but we would have eternal life forever. May we today have the faith in God to ask for him to solve the bigger problems of our lives, not just the small ones. And may we be able to accept it, even if it's different than what we wanted. May we, like Peter and John, be looking for the ways that God wants to use us in the course of an average day. And may God grant us the courage to be able to not only recognize the moment, but seize the opportunity and speak up for the glory of his name. Let me pray for that type of courage for us today. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you that you are a God who is alive and active, that you're using us, that you're working. Lord, I pray as Peter and John were able to follow you in this everyday moment to bring glory and honor to your name, would you allow us to be in tune with your Holy Spirit, to look for ways on how you're going to use us to bring glory to your name. Lord, I pray that whether it's in the break room, whether it's in our family, maybe sitting around the dinner table, would you please use us in a mighty way? And Lord, I pray for each person that, that hears my voice right now, that as they begin to walk through their day looking for those opportunities, that you would open their eyes, that they would recognize the moment, that they would seize it, and that we would see your Holy Spirit do miraculous things in and through us. And Lord, may that build up our faith. May that continue to mold and shape us into people who look more and more like you. And Lord, we just ask that in all these things, that your name is glorified. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us here at Mountain View Fellowship. We'd love the chance to meet you in person. We gather each Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 1955 Headlight Road in Strasburg, Colorado. If you aren't able to join us in person, we'll meet you right back here next week. God bless.